0: Radio Influence. Podcasting Redefined. Oh boy, I got a good one today. Really enjoyed my sit-down interview with one Alex Marvez. Who is Alex Marvez? Well, if you follow pro football just, you know, casually, you know Alex Marvez. You follow pro wrestling, you know Alex Marvez. This gentleman that I sat down with is one of those guys that is just driven I used to always see him at NFL events, whether it was the draft or a a Super Bowl or there he is. He used to have the ponytail, ponytail or, you know, goatee. And I was like, who is he? And at the time, I I remember he was like with Fox Sports uh, and I knew he was a reporter. Well, I could go down. It would take me all day. It would be a whole podcast to tell you all that he has done. He's one of these that is a former, well, he still writes, but a journalist, a reporter, a print reporter, and digital reporter, and now he's gotten into broadcasting. He's Alex Marvez, Sirius XM, NFL Radio. He also is the co-editor of the Complete List of Jericho. Yep. He wrote Chris Jericho's book with Jericho the Great Wrestler he's with aew all elite wrestling started out as the original broadcast team he does backstage interviews he loves his wrestling he loves his football at one time he covered the the Miami Heat for the Miami Herald and the NBA. he has worked he was with Sporting News, Fox Sports, South Florida Sun Sentinel, Rocky Mountain News, Dayton Daily News. Miami Herald, and now just kicking it on Sirius XM, NFL Radio, and AEW Wrestling. Very interesting on what he sacrifices in his life in order to stay at the top in this profession. Great guy. Really enjoyed my conversation. On the back end, I'll hit you with a whole bunch of stories of what's going on, sports and me and all that jazz. So without further ado, I really enjoyed this. I really did. What a good guy, Alex Marvez. Alrighty, I am with Alex Marvez. He wears so many hats, and he also and he just does it so well. The great Alex Marvez, SiriusXM NFL Radio,
1: and we can go down the list. Congratulations on all your success. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great, Rock. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and uh, it's a. Uh... It's a blessing, you know what I mean? To be able to do what you love for a living, to get paid for, to have done it as long as I have, without having to work in a brick-and-mortar office, I, I trust me, I do not take what I do for granted. It's hard work. But it's fun work as well.
0: Now, you've done so much, but you have been covering the NFL for a long time. Not only, obviously, doing a radio show, but also as a
1: print journalist. Correct? A long time? Yeah, 27 seasons on the NFL. This will be number 28 coming up. And what I think is interesting is how media just continues to reinvent itself. And essentially, started as a beat writer. I covered the Cincinnati Bengals in the mid-90s. I did the Denver Broncos uh, for two years, the years I won the Super Bowl. And then I did the Miami Dolphins from 1990. To 2007, had a chance to go national at Fox and, you know, was a national writer. Shifted to the internet. Then I shifted to video, working for FS1. Then I went back to the print side of things the Sporting News for a little bit. At the end of the day, though, I, I realized too, you know, radio would become a real passion for me. I began on Sirius XM as a part-timer in 06, went on full-time in about 2016 while balancing a writing job. Very difficult to try to manage both of those. So I shifted full-time to radio and I've really enjoyed it. It's a great medium to be able to cover a lot of ground. It, it requires thought and preparation, but maybe just not as much uh, intensity in when it comes to the focus required to write at, at a high level. And also, you can keep regular hours. And one thing in journalism that's very tough is when something happens and, and you're working for an outlet that expects you to cover the NFL, you need to be there. If it happens at midnight, if it happens at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, whenever it happens, you have to completely change your life. And I just reached a point where I said, you know what, let me try to find something where I can I can find a little bit more balance in the things that I'm doing. Radio proved to be that perfect medium, and and I'm just very happy to be able to do what I do on SiriusXM.
0: Now, I noticed you also, did you have one season or more covering the Miami Heat? In the NBA. What a difference.
1: It is a huge difference. This was before they got good, okay? This was uh, pre Pat Riley, that one season, 30, uh, 30 and 52 was the final record. But it was interesting to see how that worked. And, you know, when you're 23, 24 years old, traveling the country, seeing things for the first time, it was a real eye opening experience. And I was very blessed to have spent time at the Miami Herald. I began work as a journalist in high school, answering phones, covering high school sports. I went on to, you know, the University of Florida. I was actually a beat writer there. While still in college. I traveled with the team for three years and then moved on, you know, back to Miami, finished up my college degree, which you know, was important to me and important to the Miami Herald as well. Did FIU sports for a year. The heat beat came open and you know, it's, it's interesting though too because access has become different. The, the NBA has become a very different league, not just playing style wise, but I think, you know, just uh, across the board, uh, very different. But again, it was it was interesting, but it also reminded me too, I love professional football and I, I grew up watching football I, as much as I enjoyed covering the NBA. I wanted to pursue a passion. Doing so in South Florida really wasn't feasible at the time, so I took an opportunity at the Dayton Daily News to do the Cincinnati Bengals. And what a, a great opportunity to cover a team because the Bengals were very media friendly. You, you know, as hard as you wanted to work, they would accommodate you. I had access to the building at all times pretty much. They trusted I wasn't going to go through files, I wasn't going to snoop in the locker room, anything like that, but they had an open period there. Mike Brown, the owner, was accessible. To, you know, it was just, I was very blessed. And now everything is on such lockdown. It's what's led to a culture uh, of opinions in so many ways, you know, and and not having as much access as you did before or media controlled access and media entities has really led to a huge shift. So I'm lucky I got in when I did. Maybe it wasn't the halcyon days of the 70s and 80s for a lot of folks. But but, you know, being able to start in 1995 really gave me a great, great opportunity to do some things that unfortunately now younger reporters don't have that chance. You
0: know what? Is that the way to go? I I think there's mixed opinions on you said I love the NFL this is what I'm going to do, and it's worked out for you. You know, and you concentrated just on that. You think that was the
1: best thing, I mean, or? I think sports specialization is important. Now, I'm not saying that you can't experiment or change your life. I mean, obviously, I changed midstream from NBA to NFL, even though writing was still at the the base of what I did. But I think one of the keys for young professionals is to keep up with modern technologies. Reality is that, you know, listen, I'm not a TikTok person, okay? I get it. You know, I don't stream through my phone, but I realize that people do. And this is how information is disseminated. When you work in the journalism business, at the at the end of the day, it's disseminating information. It's breaking news. And if you're not a newsbreaker, it's being able to provide informed opinion about it. But there's other ways that, that you can, you know, peel the onion, so to speak. And I just feel like being willing to try different things, trying to become multi-purpose in terms of being able to do video, being able to do writing, being able to, to you know, work on those things. And if you have something that's more of your strength, I understand focusing on it, but try to be a be complete and again be open-minded because as you get older, you know, you're going to see the world very differently than the people who are coming after you. That is a great, great point.
0: Now, how did this come about, you being in AEW? This
1: is pro wrestling. I'm assuming you were a fan? I, I was a fan starting at about age six, and I was very lucky. Got My dad took me to Miami Beach Convention Center uh, to watch Championship Wrestling from Florida, the late great Gordon Solie and Company, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, you know, I can go on down the list, but in starting in uh, 1989, the Miami Herald had done a survey and they said how you know they asked the readers what is it you want to see more of and they said professional wrestling they knew i had an interest in pro wrestling at the miami herald i'd written a couple little blurbs of you know for the the transaction page so to speak and you know they said hey do you want to start writing this column every two weeks and and i had been turned up you know turned on to the wrestling observer newsletter which had a lot of inside information you know real names upcoming match results And, and dave Meltzer was a journalistic idol of mine still is to an extent and i wrote the column as if it was legit coverage of professional wrestling rather than a tongue-in-cheek column. Well, what I'm getting to with AEW is through the years I kept the column going and Tony Khan, who is the founder of AEW, would read my columns growing up. So he, then when, he, when his family bought the Jacksonville Jaguars, he introduced himself, told me that. And so now we had a friendship through both football and professional wrestling. And as he was thinking through the years and we became stronger and stronger friends, when he was thinking about, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to start a pro wrestling company. I want you involved in it. How could I turn down that opportunity? So I try to serve in a variety of roles. I do backstage interviews. I, I've done play-by-play commentary in the past. I don't think it's my strength. I, if I had a chance to work on it, I would. I think I'd get better as time goes on. But it is what it is. So I do I work with the announcers. I provide notes. I provide record keeping of who wins, who loses. Anything that I can do to try to help the product. You know, the graphics at the bottom of the screen, introducing the wrestlers. I'll provide a factoid and I'll try to, you know, just, and, and by the way, too, go back to high school every week because the people who I grew up watching, Sting, Jake Roberts, Arn Anderson, they're in our locker room. This is amazing. Dustin Rhodes, I mean, these are my coworkers. So So I've been very blessed to Tony totally me to be a part of it. It's truly an honor and I think one thing, too, that, that for you know, when it comes to to work, you can control how hard you work. And I have opted to live a life where I work two full-time jobs, basically. You know, when my time isn't on football, it's on wrestling. And then if it's not on either, it's on family. And I'm not saying the family isn't my top priority, but, you know, you have to prioritize. And the harder you work, the better you are going to put yourself in position to succeed. You know, find healthy find a healthy balance, be sure to exercise, you know, try to get sleep, things like that. But, you know, the the heart by putting yourself in these positions, it is going to pay dividends for you one way or the other.
0: Boy, that is fantastic. Now, you were also in
1: a movie, a motion picture. Didn't you play yourself in that? I did play myself in draft day. Now, my scene, unfortunately, got cut. So uh, you might find a DVD extra somewhere. I haven't even looked for it uh, with some extra scenes where I hand Kevin Cosner a beer, um, you know, which was cool. Kevin Cosner a great guy and Jeff Darlington and I and Andrew Siciliano of NFL Network, Jeff, obviously of ESPN had a lot of time to spend with him, you know, at the post-show party and, uh, you know, after the, the premiere of the film and, you know, he was just such a down to earth guy and a big football fan, you know, and, and he used to be a, a religious sports illustrated reader would put the covers on his wall while he was growing up. And, you know, I think that's also what made him, he, He's a great actor, of course, but I think so prolific when it comes to sports movies because he is a sports fan. So great guy! It was an honor to be able to be in it. I, you know, I was asked uh, along with several other national writers by Chip Namius, uh, Namius rather, who is a, a national. You know, he's a longtime time NFL PR person who ventured into Hollywood media relations. So went on set, saw how the how the sausage was made, so to speak. Interviewed Jennifer Garner uh, for my story. The late Chad Bozeman. I mean, you know, all those things. It was it was a, a very very awesome. Experience and I also just learned too that time stands still on a movie set. Uh, basically, hours go on. You'll be doing nothing. Sometimes they'll start again at midnight. Sometimes they'll start again at one in the morning. Uh, you know, the actors themselves maybe improving lines. It's very similar to professional wrestling, to be quite honest with you, with the way that it works. But it was it was a really neat experience. Um, and I can just say that the big thing I got out of it was just finding out what a, a good individual Kevin Costner is.
0: That is fantastic. All right, in wrapping this up what is on your plate is there a bucket list or a lot of you guys and ladies that are at the top Say you know what? I just love what I do, and I want to do my job or jobs the best that I can do. What about you,
1: Alex Marvez? That's a great question and one I've never been asked before. I really think I've accomplished so much. I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I think, and and that's not easy because listen, every year that goes along, there's a younger person out there may work cheaper than you, may try to take your job, maybe has the opportunity to outwork you. You know, may have those types of things. So you want to try to keep on top while not keeping others down, but just make sure that you separate yourself and do everything you can to put yourself in position to succeed. Uh, You know, I've always had a dream to go to Japan for a pro wrestling show. So maybe All Elite Wrestling one day is able to, you know, break down that forbidden door, so to speak, and run a show uh, in in Tokyo, which would be incredible because that's been such a hotbed of pro wrestling. I know that there's some plans at some point uh, to run uh, the cottage uh, where Fulham plays because Tony Khan and the Khan family own that. So I would love to be able to do that overseas. But I am one of these people that is so blessed that I've been able to hit every professional goal that I've really set for myself. Doesn't mean that I'm content, but it just, I can't tell you that there's one specific thing that I haven't done that I want to do because fortunately I've done a lot. This is my last one and you kind of hit on this. I'm sure you get
0: asked for advice from a young person that wants to get into broadcasting.
1: What What is the best piece of advice you can give someone that's young, wants to get into this, Alex? I would say internships are huge. Willingness to work, willingness to do different things. You may start small, but your opportunities are going to pop up. I mean, I answered phones taking high school scores. I covered high school football games. I had to write five paragraphs and write them on deadline. Five paragraphs. That's it. Maybe 150 words but for a young person that's a lot of words to write on deadline so you just continue to practice your craft but make yourself available go to events try to do as many things as possible yes you want to try to be compensated for this as well but understand that don't trip over a dollar to pick up a dime so you know what I mean. Think about a long term, about what your goals are going to be a couple years out. Try to find mentors who are going to help you. Take advantage of some of the programs that are offered. Now, I was lucky. I had a minority internship at the New York Times in 1992. It was, you know, it was eye opening to be able to live in the city and see how news was done there. So, I, you know, find those types of programs to be able to, you know, and they're out there. You know, and, and try to find people who are teachers. I, I've had so many great folks who have helped me along the way and, and gave me a hand up, and I always try to give a hand up now to young people as well because I remember being in their shoes. And so I think that's the, the real big thing, be willing to work, be willing to make a full-time commitment. And by the way, these jobs require sacrifice. There are times I miss holidays with my with my friends and family. I haven't been able to go to different parties. Every Saturday and Sunday, I'm on air. I don't have the ability to take off a lot of times. Sunday mornings, I'm on air at 7 a.m. I'd love to be able to do something Saturday night, but guess what? I have a radio show, 7 a.m. Sunday morning, East Coast time. I need to be up and working. But these are the sacrifices you make if you want to work in this type of business. Oh, dedicated. What, what? Continued
0: success, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, A-E-E, AEW, and everything else that you're doing. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. You know, the one thing that struck, struck me was where he said that, you know, hey, I have a show on the weekends or on Sunday morning. I can't really go out on a Saturday and with my family and like, you got to have sacrifice. You have to sacrifice Because there's so many that want to do this broadcast or write or cover professional sports. So many want it. And if you don't sacrifice, it's, you're not going to, you're not going to stay. You're not going to, you're not going to make it. And boy, he sacrifices. I was like, how does this guy get so many jobs? Number one. And number one, once again, a good guy, a good man. A man that's doesn't BS and he's does, and complaining, just a good guy. And there you go again. So Alex Marves, I really, really enjoyed it. Help me out. I go, I want to get Y2J, a little bit of the bubbly. I want to get Jericho on this podcast. I, again, that's going to be my that's, my, that's my one big one, man, because I'm a, I'm a huge Chris Jericho fan. I, it was after we were done. I'm like, Oh my God. He goes, oh, I wrote his book. I'm like, I'm a Jericho fan. And we just started talking. We talked for a while afterwards after that interview. So continued success, Alex Marvez. And I'm sure I will run into you again. It was a pleasure. The pleasure was mine. You know, speaking of like covering the biggies, NFL, major league baseball, NHL, NBA, college football, How about that last week? It's old news now with this podcast now, but uh, that's going to be fantastic when Texas A&M plays Alabama. (laughs) Oh, that was great with Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Oh my God. So uh, I just got to get this off my chest. You know, I, the reason why I was not renewed after 18 years with a flawless record never got in trouble, team player, got along with everybody. One of the uh, ladies that worked at the station said, you're always humming when you're walking around. Yeah, because I loved where I worked, but I did speak up on the coverage that we were doing for high school. And it just amazes me. And they didn't like that. It amazes me to this day that I just know that I was right. And still, There are bosses at local TV stations. Uh, There's even some digital networks that believe that high school sports, nobody's really doing it. So we'll do it and we'll do it. Well, there's a reason why. Um, Last week I found out that now Jeff Vinnick is the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning and man, oh man, are they successful? And I want to hit on that as well hockey in Tampa Bay and he's transformed downtown Tampa and his, his group within the Tampa Bay lighting organization is called Vinick sports group. And they started this thing, the identity Tampa Bay. He really wanted from what I was told, he really wanted to, you know, he, he didn't think like sports talk radio was that strong. Same thing with newspaper coverage. We're covering Tampa Bay teams. You want to start the identity, Tampa Bay. It would be sports and entertainment. And it's morphed. It's it's, it's it's out there. They've been doing it for a couple of years now. Really haven't made a heavy impact. I mean, I just have I'm just being honest. Like, if you live in Tampa Bay, and if you're not in the Tampa Bay area, I apologize. This is real short. But if you live in Tampa Bay, has anybody ever said to you, like, hey, man, did you see what was on the identity, Tampa Bay? Oh, my God, I got I to gotta check out the more, every morning when I wake up the Identity Tampa Bay. I haven't. And it's been years now. And there was another guy that was there originally that was running it when I was on the USF. That's the University of South Florida broadcast team for football games. And they were going to do live games. They were going to do the spring game, which they did, uh, football. And it was on campus. And this guy was so, he had a lot of energy. I liked him. He was just hired to oversee the identity Tampa Bay. And he was like, Oh man, you know, we're doing this. We're going to do this game, but we're going to do, I'm doing high school and I talk with Bright house and this and that. And we are going to just corner the mark. We're going to do high school games, basketball, boys and girls and football, this and that we're we're going to win it. And he was so, and I was like, wow, they're going to spend a lot of money. And look, it's not that I am against high schoolers, Getting recognition, that's really nice. But so many around the country have tried, and I've said this so many times, and I know that I'm right, and it's been proven. If you don't have a kid that is playing high school sports right now, or you don't have a re- relative that's playing high school sports, a uh, a nephew or a niece, then you don't really care or have the time to follow high school sports. Now you might be, there is always an exception to the rule in some rural old school community, maybe Texas, like Texas football. That's different. High school is hum- is humongous. That's different. But for example, where we are here in Florida, there are so many people that have moved from somewhere else, and it isn't like the grandpapa and the grand the great grandfather and the grandfather and then the son and then the son of that son have all played for the same high school, and that tradition is carried down four generations, and you gotta to go to the the you know it's just not like that you know and you know these. These bosses, these news directors, they want like feature a nice little feature on this kid that's doing something nice. But really, who's watching that? Who is setting their clock to that? And I, I spoke up a little bit on that, and I probably shouldn't have. And right, the station that I was at at the time was twenty four seven high school sports. We were going to make, we were going to be so successful. It ended up failing. It ended up going dark. That station is no longer. Okay. So the identity started and this is Jeff Vinnick. This is a, he's a very smart businessman who owns the Tampa Bay Lightning. He has transformed downtown Tampa into one of the most beautiful. It's called the Water Street District by Channel Channel Side and by where Emily Arena is and Sparkman's Wharf and, and it's all pine trees. You wouldn't even know you're in Florida. It's just beautiful. The Heron, the J.W. Marriott and more. It's just a, gory, a lot of young people. It's beautiful. He's very smart. But I just noticed last week that uh, the Identity Sports Network had what was called Identity Varsity Network. They broadcast high school games. They've, they're folding. They're folding. Um, ESPN, a couple of years ago was going to go full force. They had a big, big, they had a department. They're just ESPN high school. And they were going to do select big high school games around the country. It failed. It failed. And it just drives me crazy that I'll even see today like these features. It's nice, but don't you want to get ratings ratings equals revenues, advertising dollars. That's how you pay salaries and keep the lights on and try to make money. Why not cover the box, the NFL, like it, it's a, the interest or, 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 or the NHL or, or, or Major League Baseball or if you're in an NBA city, you know what I mean? Do a, do a, do a feature there, man. There's more people that know that than Johnny or uh, Olivia that's the point guard on the, the, the basketball team. You know, it just drives me crazy. But anyway, I had to bring that up because Jeff Venick is so smart. And Vinick Sports Group and the Lightning and they're just they don't make mistakes in the identity varsity network because I just remember being there and I was like this isn't gonna work man and people don't care so anyway got that off my chest righty, what else we got I gotta say that I gotta give a shout out is that is that a term now or is that is that old uh, to the one the only Dick Vitale Dickie V if you've never met Dick Vitale awesome baby and his energy level. That's how he is. That's how he is off camera. That's how he is. I remember, I would say it's gotta be 30, 32 years ago, 33 years ago. I was a national reporter at FNN financial news network Monday through Friday. And on weekends we were called FNN score FNN sports. And I was the East coast reporter, out of New York. I covered everything from the Denver Rockies East, even though they call me East coast. And so I traveled, I did a lot of stories out of New York, obviously. And my producer was out of LA and I would talk to him daily. And he would, we would go over the week, what they wanted me to cover. And I would always do four forced. When I went out to a, a game pregame, the, the news stories in TV are only a minute 20 a minute 30 max, that means one minute 30 seconds, one minute 20 seconds, one minute 15 seconds. And I would always do four. I would bang out four. I did four because you, you, you had the cameraman for a certain amount of time, you know, a couple of hours. He's not going to stay till after that. It was a freelance thing. So I banged out four stories every time I went out. And I'll never, now this is like 30 some years ago. And I remember telling him, he was a really good guy. I don't even remember his name. He was out of LA. He was really a good dude. And I remember telling him, yeah, I was at the Yankee game and blah, blah, blah. And I talked to Mattingly. I got Mattingly. You know, Dick Vitale was there. And he's like, Dick Vitale was there? Was he on the field? Yeah. Was he just like talking a mile a minute and talking baseball and going over to these guys and all this stuff? I said, yeah. And I was, he goes, he, that guy's got so much energy. That was 30 some years ago. Fast forward to now. Dick Vitale is 80 years old. He just has hopefully completed a battle against cancer himself and has succeeded. And I just saw an interview the other day where he's breaking down about his, he's been fighting his, the Dick Vitale Foundation. They have been fighting to find to raise money to find a cure for pediatric cancer for kids that have cancer, and it breaks his heart. And he has been doing that. Now here's a guy that's he's eighty years old. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's just come off a battle of battling cancer himself and going through chemo at eighty, and here he is with just as much energy as he had thirty years ago, and he is still like talking to, he knows these kids by names. And I'll tell you what, I've seen this over the years. You get these big names, celebrities, all right? They're they're huge names, Hall of Famers or entertainers. Sometimes they will lend their name to an event or an organization and they have their assistants do all the work. They show up that day, they shake some hands, they take some pictures. It's called a photo op. And away we go. Or they're at a nice dinner. They may be at it. They may may, maybe get up there on the podium on the dais. No, not take Vitale. He is involved with these kids that have cancer and their families. I've covered a couple of years, his big gala, which is in Sarasota. And and, uh, they raise a ton of money and a lot of big names come. And I can tell you, he knows the families of these kids that are battling cancer. He specifically talks on a regular basis with these kids that are battling cancer. It's just phenomenal to me. Just think about it. If you were 80 years old, 80 and you just got cancer and you were weakened and you had to battle that would you still come out of that and then still be fighting to raise money for kids that and families that do have cancer to try to find a cure. Like it's just unbelievable, man. He is one of a kind. He really is. He's also a New Jersey guy. I'm a Jersey guy. So I just, I saw that before I was going to do this podcast and I just had to mention this. Um, as far as what's going on here, things are going good. Things are going good. I'm getting a little antsy. I want to either do another podcast or just try to expand this one. Uh, but I don't want to get, I want to, sometimes if you do something else, then one suffers. You know what I mean? I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. And I love interviewing people that have made it. I just love it. I And I like, like, I like pumping them up. I like giving them the platform. It isn't always just about me, but uh, so everything is going good. Everything's going good. Been out at the off season workouts with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, I was thinking back, even in the years where like Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and Ron day and Simeon Rice and Brad Johnson, who retweeted something that I did the other day, my man, the bull, they did not have OTAs, offseason workouts. There would be a mini camp, I believe. And then it was about training camp. Now, these players, they're almost all an awful lot of the time they're, they're, they're not. Only, they're, they're all working out. They're all in tremendous shape and uh, it's really something to see, man. But my, oh, my point is when I go now to one buck, the amount of media, like the coverage it's, it's May, it's, it, it's June. Like it used, that used to be like total off season, you know? And now, man, the interest, anything that I put, if I put on my social media uh, a little what they uh, call soundbite, you know, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, it could be a lineman, it can be a defensive back and stuff, I get more engagement or clicks for that NFL that I do anything else. That's what I'm saying about the interest. Like, if I was running a company, man, or if I was a general manager or a news director of a station like – Go with what sells. Give me more Bucs coverage. Give me more NFL. God dang. Like in Cincinnati, I'd be all over the Bengals and Joe Burrow, you know? Miami Tua. you know, just, you know, the the their Tyreek kid, their new addition, you know what I mean? Instead of anyway. But but so I'm looking forward to this uh football season. It's going to be a nice summer. The family and I were going to be taking our daughter to uh camp up in Georgia. Get a couple of days up there, back, then go pick her up after three and a half, four weeks. Um, I do, I'm trying to debate, you know, I don't, either Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Like I said, it's in L.A. I do want to get back up to Jersey. I'm looking at trying to do something with Eric LeGrand. Eric LeGrand was the former Rutgers player that was paralyzed. And he's just, he's one of these guys that's just incredible. Him and his mom. And I would love to do something with Eric. Uh, we did a long, an hour special years ago, right after it happened. So I'm looking at that. So I'm, I'm looking at a couple of little trips like that. It's so funny. I went to uh, my bank, and then I never wanted, like, a financial planner. I was always like, oh, you're hounding me, Are you just trying to take my money, you know, trying to help me, and this and that. And I was speaking to somebody, because I'm at that stage now, looking towards the line, you know. That final quarter, you know, and uh, it's like, all right, well, what do you want to do? Like, you know, your retirement. Do you want to buy a boat? No. Do you want to buy an RV? No. Do you want to travel and take some trips? No. I just want to leave my money to my kids, my wife and my kids. (laughs) Really? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm very simple. (laughs) Like, really? Most people your age looking down the road, you know, you're still healthy and all that. No, 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 no. I want to keep doing this, what I'm doing, and even more. It just cracks, just cracks me up, but to each his own, right? Everybody's different. Something else that I wanted to just, uh, I got to say, man. Now, growing up with two brothers and in New Jersey, and back in the day, I had a paper route for years. So I was on my bike for years, seven days a week. Saturday was collection day. Sunday, newspapers, very, very heavy with all the inserts. I was on my bike, you know, pretty much around the clock. Once I got out of school, <laughs> it is a different time. I get it. These kids are very, very smart now. I cannot stand when old timers start that, uh, Oh, these kids today, and and I don't have an ass from their elbow, you know, and, and they're smarter than us. They're, they're so smart. And, now being in a fe- I'm in a female oriented family. I'm not used to this because not only did I grow up with two brothers, me, mom, and a dad always playing sports, always at the field, whether it's baseball, year and not year round, but even when we didn't have a game, I would head to the, to the park or to the field or in the street. With my friend John Chegwood and her friends, like every single day, it would. Now you got to be on a travel team or a team with an official practice, right? Uh, basketball, any free time on the courts. That went all the way up to even when I came down here at nine seventy WFLA playing. We play against twenty year olds. I played all the time, uh, and then football, and then uh, and then just. Just constantly, constantly, but I'm not used to the female deal, you know this is all new to me, like oh my god my my daughter can be she's beautiful, she's wonderful, she's loving, she busts my balls though a lot, especially when hunter comes down, my son, oh my God, she just loves it, she goes over the overboard and busts me bad, but uh that's I go with the flow, uh, but she's very loving, but also like emotional like. She can be fine and then like you know, if it just I'm I'm hearing crying going on in there. Well uh, I'm not used to this. But what I really, really like is, you know, she's been involved in cheerleading for the Pop Warner. I've loved that. She did some she did a little bit of gymnastics and uh now she's got she's always been a performer. She's certainly good on stage. She's been doing this since she was little. She's also in dance, but she got involved with musical theater. She's in seventh grade. Now she's been in plays like two years ago. She was in uh, Joseph. That was a high school play and they had a couple of elementary school kids. She was in that, that was at East Lake high school. She was at another play at countryside high school as an elementary school. So she's, she's, she's seen the, the plays, how they work with older kids and the older kids have always been supportive. Like right before they go out, they all ha- hold hands in a big circle. Then you know, we're, you know, it's it's such camaraderie, man. It's more than I've seen with teams. And then of course, after growing up, and then once I got to college, and I pitched in uh, college at William, uh, St. Leo, and then William Patterson Division Three, and then in amateur men's leagues all the way through forty-four, and then at fifty. There's always an asshole or two. There's always somebody that thinks their shit doesn't stink, you know. There's this guy. There's somebody that doesn't give a shit, doesn't care, you know. Shows up now and then. Uh, and then there's good guys. I have a, certainly good guys. I'm going to be able to. But with this musical theater, oh my god, they just performed. Uh, it's, it's called Shrek, and my daughter had four different or six different costume changes. She was Pinocchio. And just watching her on stage, she is a natural, you know, ad-libbing, going with the flow, the facial expressions, you know, it helped with cheer and all this. And the thing that struck me the most is like, I'm blown away. It's like a professional performance. Blown away. The teacher's incredible, Miss Moss. And when it was done, they had a cast party. And my wife is so, she's the greatest mother ever. She gives 150%. She set up a cast party to have it at this place called LBC where it's, it can be outside on a patio. They got cornhole toss. They have all this stuff and they can run around and they can just hang out, and, you know? And of course, now that they're 12 and 13, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to eat from the kids menu. That's not cool. My my, my, my daughter ordered, uh, some type of white pizza with uh, something else that she's never had. But when you're around your friends, you know what I mean? You're not going to order from the kids' menu. You know, these kids are 7th grade, 8th grade now. But when they have their makeup on, they have their costumes on, on uh, the big bright lights of these beautiful stages and these nice little mini-like amphitheaters, they're they're larger than life. And the acoustics and the sound is really good. And then when you see them with their cast party last Sunday and their makeup's low, you look at them like they're 12, they're 13, they're kids, they're freaking kids. How are they able to perform? I was not comfortable with public speaking in front of big crowds. Even though I was on TV, when you do local, when you do TV, you're in front of, you're just a camera. So, and there were, all the years of painting is not, there was no, there's nobody in the studio. It was all controlled from the control room. So you're speaking to no one. But when you, so it took a while to get used to being, now I can speak in front of, you know, I still get a little bit nervous if I ever fill in again at the lightning with 20,000. That's a little nerve wracking when you're live if you make a mistake. There ain't no turning back, but I, 400, 300, 500 people in, a stay, in an audience, no, no big deal. But I didn't, I didn't become comfortable with that until I was in like my 40s. My daughter has been, it just blows me away. And how they're hugging each other, they laugh, they're so tight, they're so much fun. None of them, for this cast party that lasted maybe three hours, none of them were on their phones during this. Just having a good old-fashioned time. Now a cake came out, one of the parents brought a cake, and guess what happened? They started shoving that cake in their hair and in their faces and stuff like that, and I can only imagine the cleanup. Thank God it was outside at this big bar. LBC ain't no drama in the LBC, but anyway, uh, it just, it is so nice. And then I was talking with my next door neighbor. She's a single mom and her daughter is now at, in college at UCF. She's going to go abroad. She's never been on a flight in her life. She's like 19, 20 years old. She's going to Germany in the UK. She's never been on a flight and she's doing that. And she's learning German now like holy crap if when i was in high school and from new jersey if i i didn't even take a trip to florida until i came to st leo's life is grand in leo land the you only know, place would accept me with my grades i never saw the college until i got on the off the plane at tia and they had some guy with puka shells around his neck rounding out one guy from massachusetts one and, and we started driving and seeing these fields with cows and I, I was blown away. That was my really, you know. So I mean, to to go abroad, you know, these kids are smart. That's my point. That is my point. Her other son, who just graduated from college at UCF, he's traveling the country by himself. He just wants to see the country. He's twenty one years old. Yeah, and he graduated a year early, and he's just you know how he's paying for his. Uh, and she told me this, and they're both paying their own way. You know how he's paying for his way? He's a gamer. And he's making so much money gaming. He's one of the best gamers in the world, she said. I had no idea. His name is Sean. He used to work part-time at Publix. So my my thing is, I get these, and oh, oh, and, I, and I've hit on this the last couple of podcasts. I get this now and then it's just, oh my God, on my Facebook. Or maybe it's Twitter or something like, just a crotchety son of a bitch, you know? I posted last week. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is the head honcho of the next XFL. Now, I know the XFL has failed two times. Actually, three times. The original one with Vince McMahon. The one about a year ago. Was it two years ago? It all blends in. With Vince McMahon. Okay. Uh, COVID hit and all. uh, It was the pandemic. Uh, And now, but. They're partnering with not only the NFL, XFL is Disney. How about that? Disney plus. Okay. So all I put in my text was this XFL might make it, might make it because they're partnering with the NFL. That's all I said. And then you get different opinions. Well, that's beautiful. Oh, I don't think it's going to make it. No, I'm leery, but maybe they got a shot. Oh, this and that. And one guy comes on. No one is going to watch that. And I just put back, I said, what was it? What was it? I was just like, oh, we'll see. And he goes, no, we won't. And I'm like, and I just thought, and then I looked. And again, once again, when you get somebody that's so crotchety and negative, I don't know why I wasted my time. This just happened. I looked at his feed and it's negative, 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 anger, anger, negative negative. (laughs) Why am I wasting my time concerning with this guy? I was on Facebook. Like I was going to get into it with him again. Like, listen, that's okay. You're not going to watch it. But when you say no one, you know, somebody, a guy I used to work with for a short stretch way back in Jersey, a long time ago, says, Hey Rock, what do you think about the USFL? I said, honestly, I don't think they're going to make it. You know, it's been content. The ratings have gone down. And they started out like gangbusters. They've gone down. But still, like on Fox or whatever, they'll still have 600,000 that are watching. I know that's not much at all. But still, when this guy says, no one is going to watch that. No one. Like, just speak for yourself. And I was going to start, should I put the red, should I say, and just let it go. But isn't it funny how there's, and I, I, I almost, why, why, last night, why? I let this guy get to me. I thought, you know what? I might just post tomorrow. Do you ever post anything fun? Do you ever do anything fun in your life? Are you ever smiling? Why don't you put a picture of you smiling? Why? And I thought, no, just move on. I don't know how these big name celebrities do it. Because the higher up you go, the more people are going to try to cut you down. Just like last week when we oh I told you about the Brady haters that I had been dealing with. And did you see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on their social media? I was surprised. They they It was done really well. They cut together, they spliced together sound bites from ESPN Get Up or it might be Stephen A. Smith or something on Fox Sports about, oh, Tom Brady is lost. Oh, Tom Brady is old. Oh, Tom Brady is this. And then they they edited, there's Brady sitting there. And Brady goes, when I hear that, I just want to say, and they blanked it out, like, oh, you. And he's got both fingers up, giving the finger, and then they blurred out his finger. I was surprised I even put that on there. But I was like, and Pat McAfee had a great point, you know, and they talked about it on on the McAfee show. It's like, I, you know, I remember Derek Jeter, because, again, I have some a really tight friend that's very close to Derek Jeter, and Derek Jeter never, said he, he never tried to look at the back page of the New York Post or the New York Daily News. He did not listen to WFAN, the all-sports talk radio leader, while he was playing. He's like, why, why do I do that? You know, I know what I'm doing. I know how I'm going to get prepared for my game. I know how I'm living. Why, do I, why would I subject, subject myself to that? But McAfee had a really good point where Brady, who has been driven for 23 years to be, and, and, and to be that competitive, where someone's always coming up younger and these young quarterbacks, but to be that competitive, that fuels him when they hear that he's too old. Oh, it was just a system. Oh, it was Belichick. Oh, he, he's losing some arm strength. Oh, he's getting old. And Brady's like, F you. And he, put, he, pulled, he gave the bird, both birds. I was surprised. But McAfee's like, so maybe that's the way to do it. When you're at the top and people are trying to cut you down, go listen to it. See what they have to say. And maybe that'll drive you to continue to be at the top. You know what I mean? Because it's hard. And McAvee having a good point. He was like, you know, when I first got to the NFL, yeah, I was I was driven, I was driven, I was driven, and took losses hard. If I missed a kick, this and that, and then when it got towards the end, he's like, oh well, you know, this, uh, tomorrow's another day, man. You know, <laughs> maybe that's when you know it's time to get out, but not Brady. But anyway, I've got to learn. There's negative people, and I do, I do get an enjoyment because these people that these crotchety guys. They request me to friend me. Like, I don't know who they are, so I'm in control. It's like when you got a beef with a host on a talk radio show, if you're going to call in and think you're going to win that battle, you won't because the producer, the board op, and especially the host, they got the final say. They got whether they can turn your mic down your volume, whether they can just boop hang up on you, you ain't going to win. And uh, so, I mean, I'm in the driver's seat. If anybody wants to be just a negative son of a gun, goodbye. But I think I'll wait a little bit and just, because once you block them, then they're done. They can't see your stuff. So just give them their stuff. Anyway, anyway, it just, it's actually, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. All right. Listen. I think I have babbled long enough. My thanks to Alex Marvez of SiriusXM NFL Radio. What do I got next? What do I got next? I still have I still have a couple of more in the can here and I'm about to uh I'm working on I'm working on a very interesting one. So we'll see until until it gets done until I record then that's going to be it. Would you guys like me to actually do anything on YouTube? Would you like it to be video? That would take a little bit more. We'll see. I got to build up this audience before I, uh, before I do anything, but I appreciate, I really do. I am getting compliments. Um, I'll give you an example real quick. We'll end on this. When I went to my daughter's uh, performance with Shrek and she told me, she goes, Oh, the guy that's going to do audio I want to let you know he's a big fan. I said, Oh, really? That's nice. You mean there really are some still? <laughs> is there really a fan? Really? Really? A guy came today to give me an estimate on a new roof. And then he stopped. He goes, Oh, man, you're wrong, really? Because it's far, few and far between anymore as the further along I go. and But anyway, and his name is Vince, and he's a band director at one of the local high schools. And he ran the audio board for this performance. And he, and I went up cause my friend was shooting video for this performance. They had hired him. Uh, he also shoots for Emily when she does my, my wife still is a freelance field producer when she goes out and does stories. And, uh, Chris is really cool. So I was talking to him and then this guy stuck out his hand and my name is Vince. How you doing? And he couldn't have been nicer. And he was, he, he said, bottom line, he loves this podcast. Loves it. And that made my day. That made my day. So all of you that are, oh, and another mother that's good friends with our family here. Uh, she listens. She loves it. She liked the Brett Phillips interview from The Rays. So I, and I got another, comp- so I mean, I really do appreciate it. I really, really do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love doing the rock stops here and i cannot wait i'm always looking and searching and figuring out who i can get it would be good okay no jagoffs no jagoffs allowed on here we ain't doing that this ain't a news uh thing where i wherever i get i'm gonna put on no 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 jagoffs only good peeps unless you're a real jagoff and you can uh have it go viral, then that's a different story. See, I'm talking out anyway. Listen, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll talk to you next week. And like I hope you have a great week, man. See ya.
1: I'm Jerry P. Tuck CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the radio influence family please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. we all have crazy schedules so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot without you the listeners we wouldn't exist so thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.